<laughs> well, you're finally off the lean, so you're feeling like yourself again. Yeah, I can speak English uh, kind of good right now. Welcome to the FPL Blues Podcast. Your two hosts, Brian and Bucks, are recording from opposite sides of the beautiful U.S. of A. I'm John Bucks. I'm based in Brooklyn, New York. I'm especially grateful for FPL and the Premier League this weekend as I have been recovering from wisdom tooth surgery. I was a little wacky, a little crazy. And Brian Chin, you're on the best coast, baby. How you doing? Bucks, we're happy that you are back off of the pain meds and uh, we're happy for all of our listeners that this is a audio medium and not a video one because uh, you've got the, the squirrel face going on, some fat cheeks, but glad you survived and onwards we go to more matches. Honestly, for me, it's always lucky that it's an audio medium. So uh, with that, <laughs> game week 10 was pretty kind to the two hosts. We both end up on green arrows, pretty solid and steady game week, and we march forward. But like every episode, let's start with the recap. Brian, how'd you do? Yeah, don't hate two green arrows for us. Steady rises is always a positive. Keeps the positivity going when we pod and uh, banter back and forth. So I'm looking at 69 points all out for a green arrow. Nice. Pretty happy with that. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. A lot of players had the the city triple up this week versus Southampton. We were obviously shouting it on the pod. Pretty straightforward to have those players versus one of the worst sides in the league. And we had Cancelo pull off an absolute monster of a haul. And he just solidifies again why he's a season keeper all year, especially with Trent not firing. There's no excuse not to have Cancelo in your side. He comes in with 18 points for me. Obviously huge. Trippier with seven. Zaha gets an assist for five. Martinelli with 12. De Bruyne with six. He was my transfer in this week for Sala, who netted two points. So basically the cover the transfer costs four points. So can't hate that either. And then Mitro blanks because he doesn't play. So I get Gahey off the bench for one. That was a bit of a disappointment because he didn't uh... look great versus Leeds. And then Tony chips in with a, a excellently taken PK in their destruction, their loss versus Newcastle. Happy to get any points from him out of that one. And then Holland Cap for 12 points. Uh, Madison James and Pickford all with one pointers in my side as well. So relatively balanced, but happy to be earning a green arrow. And now I have one free transfer and a few shekels in the bank heading into game week 11. Bucks, talk to me about your game week. You beat me by just a few points. Yeah, I land on 71 points total. I had a pretty strong game week also highlighted by Cancelo for 18. I had Holland Cap for 12, KDB for 6. Martinelli is one of my big differentials at this point in the season. Uh, as I have not used my wild card, he has 12 points. And Gabby Jesus does the business again. He gets 5 points. So the last two game weeks... Jesus has looked fantastic. So I'm happy to vacuum up all those possible points. I had Trippier, Trippier, Trippier. Tri this name just trips me up. So uh, yeah, you're, you're Trippier, tripping, you're tripping bucks. Trippier with seven. And I had Cucurella come off my bench with a huge seven points. Uh, that was the difference between a uh, gray dot or a small red arrow and what I ended up on, which was a small green arrow. So love to see that. And yeah, very, very jealous of your Cucurella Hall um, because we see Reese James put up a monster one goal and one assist performance midweek versus AC Milan. And then he just gets rooted to the bench for some rest versus Wolves, which is one of the easiest clean sheets in the league. So you are very fortunate to get those seven points off the bench for Mitro compared to my one point four um, from Gahey. Oh, of course. And Reese James has a history of being this way. He is a boom or bust kind of player. Uh, hopefully Potter will change the script a little bit and he will become an every game starter. But the top teams have so many fixtures in so little time before the World Cup that I think this is the first of what's going to be many frustrating rotation and rests uh, for key players in the FPL game. Yeah, fortunately, we have players like Andreas 
who was rooted to my bench and yours as well. He comes in for a six pointer. So when there are going to be rotation risks in your lineup, you will have a pretty solid bench of one or two players that will be able to come in at any given time because of these easy price tags to have slotted on the bench. So hats off to anybody who actually started Andreas this week, especially with no Mitro to possibly get assists to. He gets a goal early, and he was firmly rooted in the third slot on my bench, so nowhere near coming on. The FPL community's Game Week 10 average score was 55 points, so nice to see that we both beat that pretty handedly. But moving ahead to the manager of the Game Week, an absolutely massive score from Mark Croman Rasmussen. His squad, Solanke Leg, great name. He ends up using his bench boost chip Tops the scoring in our mini league with 95 total points. And that is in spite, not the most successful bench boost chip. He <laughs> only got nine points from, from the chip, which is not great, but 95 points. You can't sneeze at that. You celebrate the big green arrows you get, however they come about. That's for sure. Congrats to Mark. Great score. Yeah, he had the triple threat of Cancelo, Foden, and Holland who all came in. Martinelli with 12, Kane, Miggy Elmeron, and Trippier all had seven. So well done. Again, when you're looking at a bench boost chip, we definitely recommend to keep those for double game weeks later on or to be used exactly after you wild card in the second half of the season. But honestly, if you're going to get anywhere from eight to 20 points from it, that's pretty good. You're not really going to get that much more unless you have a really wacky balanced team with uh, a lot of money on your bench. So Bench boost, nah, not not our favorite chip, but uh, he he deployed it and got a really great score of 95. So well done, Mark. Yeah, well done. Let's take our first break. When we come back, we'll recap the top performers and floppers from game week 10. We loved being back in the action, Bucks, and we want to take a look at some of the top performers from Game Week 10. There were some big scores from very popular owned assets across the FPL board, and then a few emerging differentials as well who caught our eye. So let's start with the top performers, and the king of the Game Week wearing the crown is Jao Cancelo, 18-pointer. Goal, assist, clean sheet, and three bonus. Even gets the early sub at 70 minutes, so you don't have to worry about that late clean sheet getting wiped. 18-pointer. Huge. Joe, pow, 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 cow, cow, pow, pow, pow. He was amazing. He was everywhere. And it was very interesting with Kyle Walker out, having recently had surgery, and City were utterly dominant. 4-0 win over Southampton. And... uh Honestly, I think Southampton got off a little bit easy in this one because they were wasteful. City could have had far more goals. Yeah, we were obviously on Holland as the captain. He easily could have had a brace. One of his first big chances just blasts off the post and goes out of bounds. So he's really a couple inches away from another 26-pointer, maybe 24-pointer. And uh, they look every bit as lethal as they have been the rest of the season. Just want to point out this was Cancelo's third double-digit haul of the season, and then he's also got a seven-pointer and a nine-pointer in there. Only three total blanks on the season out of the first 10 game weeks, so he's he's a lock. He'll probably stay on my team for the remaining time this season until he gets injured, and I think you'll be on wild card soon, Bucks, in the upcoming weeks. So he's probably a lock to stay in your team at that $7 million price tag, right? Yeah, I'd say so. He's probably the best value in the game right now. He started at $7 million. That was a steal. And with TAA being ineffective, uh, Cancelo's price is looking more and more a bargain each and every game week. Yeah, and when you look at City's defense, the rest of the team are just kind of rotating with all these center backs that they now have a plethora of. So we're going to see some random John Stones playing right back or Ake playing left back and then having Cancelo on the right. So there's a number of different formations that they'll play in between Laporte, uh, the likes of Diaz, and then Akanji, who racks up one bonus point in this 4-0 win and looked very, very impressive. Um, there's no other options there. So it's Cancelo or nobody, frankly, from the defense. Agreed. And 
Looking a little bit forward on City, you have to just love what you're seeing from Phil Foden. He has another starring performance in this one. He has a goal, assist, and two bonus points for 11 total. He's on a massive tear, and he should be the priority buy over KDB uh, after the blank game week, at least in my opinion. Do you agree? Yeah, Phil Foden is a player that I was on for maybe three or four game weeks. I got his goal for an eight-pointer, and then I wild-carded him out to move on the fixtures and prepare for the blank. So I grabbed James Madison instead, who's been obviously um, great so far as well and very involved. But he looks like the 8.0 midfielder to have for the rest of the season because he is playing on both the left and the right. And his versatility is what Pep loves to use him as a monkey wrench in the attack or Swiss army knife, uh, an English army knife. That's what he is. Um, fighting the good ah, cause, like fighting the good cause, and whether he's scoring open play goals. I mean, the goal that he took very confidently, it was a like a semi chip over over uh, Bazunu. It was a very impressive and just shows his confidence level. And he's the one also taking shots, right? So I think that's the difference between him and KDB. KDB had an assist in this match, but zero shots, right? So that that's a big difference. And then Foden, he comes off in 58 minutes, which is annoying to owners, but when you looked at some of his stats, they were phenomenal. He had four shots and four chances created in only 58 minutes, which resulted in him nabbing two bonus points. So I think he's a lock for that third city slot um, if you're going to go Cancelo in defense as well. Agreed. But I do want to take you to task on the $8 million mid uh, that Foden is the standout. And I think Bikayo Saka would have something to say about that too. He shined in game week 10. He had two goals and three bonus. He's also on penalty kicks and seems nailed uh, in that role. He ends up with 15 points for FPL managers who stuck true with him. But I really think that if you're going against KDB, and we'll talk about him in a little, you're going against Mo Salah, there is an opportunity to have a number of mid-price midfielders starting in game week 13. So I know on my game week 13 wildcard, Foden and Saka are both likely locks to be in my team and to be long-term holds. Yeah, when you look at their price tags, you could have both of those players for around 16 million versus having a KDB plus a 4.5 player. And it's not close on that balance. I think knowing that Saka is now on pens because that was their first penalty earned this season, that's a big uh, feather in his cap. So we love to see that for FPL and He's dropped to 7.8 million. He'll rise after their blank game week. And Arsenal, oh, what a what a match versus Liverpool. I think we can both agree that was one of the best matches. And it opens up with a bang because our guy, Gabriel Martinelli, he comes in in the first minute, sets the tone. Arsenal carve up the Trent side of the field time and time again. And in this one, he comes good with 12 points, a goal assist, and two bonus and is very active. We also have ESR out through, I think, December. So he is locked to start every single minute. He'll be rotated for uh, the Europa League. And other than that, he's a great asset to keep. So a few managers, I believe uh, one of our mates, Corey Olsen, he's has both of them. And wow, for under basically 14 million pounds, he's got two of the best midfield assets on his side in a 3-5-2. So well done to Corby, who had a big score this week again. And I think he's in the top 10K right now. Yeah, amazing. And one thing about Martinelli, he looks extremely fit right now. And he is going to be competing for a spot in the Brazilian World Cup team. So he's super motivated. And I think Arsenal need to lock him up ASAP because he is a special player. His speed can kill. And he burned and turned around TAA multiple times this game. He was causing him fits the entire first half. Uh, so those four guys, Cancelo, Saka, Martinelli, and Foden, are kind of the clear standouts, I think, from game week 10. But we do have some honorable mentions we want to cover. Let's talk about Bruno G. Guimaraes with a 15-point brace. He comes in with two goals. He gets a headed goal on the backside of the post from a trippier cross which again Trippier just a gift for FPL I know you were talking about Zhao being one of the best points per million players from a value perspective Trippier right there with him because he started at five million he continues to tick along even when they've 
conceded goals, he's come in with an assist or assist and bonus. So you love to see that. So anyway, Bruno G then gets a shot from outside the box. Looked very impressive, but he came up with came off with an injury later. Uh, again, when you're playing these bottom level teams, uh, Newcastle's actually scored nine goals in the last two matches. So I think there are a few options across the board when you look at the emerging attack from Newcastle. Newcastle are doing their best Man City impression. Next one up is Mason Mount, Money Mace. He ends up with two assists, a clean sheet, and three bonus for Chelsea in a dominant performance for them over Wolves. Mason Mount has a tendency to be labeled a flat track bully, and he sure proved that he had a get-right performance in this game against Wolves, and they're in the relegation zone. Sorry, FPL Black Wolf. Money Mace looked like the best player on the field. Yeah, he was everywhere. He put in a real shift. Uh, we were great to see that Chelsea follow up their win versus AC Milan in midweek in Champions League and then put up another three goals. In this match, Potter made seven changes. And so we saw Reese unfortunately, drop to the bench. But um, I think there are many better days ahead for Mason Mount. He's currently 7.6 million. And he's only got three assists on the season so far and no goals. Whereas last season he had 10 goals and 10 assists. So hopefully we'll see some goal threats. He recently scored in England's last uh, friendly as well. So we're hoping that he can kind of round into form because we need his creativity in the Chelsea side. Last one we want to shout out is Dominique Solanke. He had two assists in a comeback Bournemouth victory over Leicester. I think that was a surprising scoreline considering how dominant Leicester was in the first half hour, at least. Uh, so really gutsy performance from Bournemouth. And I think we have to say it here because it's going under the radar a little bit. Bournemouth under their new coach are a transformed team. They are no longer the bottom feeders. They are no longer the whipping posts of the Premier League. They're a quality and competent team. They play defensive style counterattacking football. And they're top half of the table. I mean, they're above Liverpool, who Liverpool gave them a spanking 9-0. And Bournemouth is above them by two spots in the official table. Yeah, absolutely insane. After that thrashing, that ass kicking that they suffered at the foot and the heel and the boot of the Liverpool attack, they've actually outscored them in the table and points. They've moved up. They've really shored up the defense. There's nothing flashy about them, but they're getting a few results. Phil Billing ends up with his third goal of the season in that match, and Solanke ends up with two FPL assists. Not spectacular, but if you moved Mitro to him this week to free up further funds, um, that was a great transfer this week. So uh, Solanke, 5.7 million, an enabler. If you can get five to eight points from him every third game, he can really help free up funds to get those other attacking players from the midfield position. Yeah, so steady as she goes uh, for both us managers, but also for all top six teams. All top six teams get Ws and three points on the table. So successful game week 10 if you're a fan of one of those uh, top teams. But on the flip side, there was a you, lot of flop. You mean the flop side is what you should have gone with, Bucks. Ah, the, the pancake block uh, took <laughs> these guys down in a real way. Yeah, let's start with TAA. He now has blanked in seven of his eight Premier League matches this season. Comes off at about the 30-minute mark. Zero pointer. Zero. Versus Arsenal, who, again, we thought both teams were going to score goals in that one. And it was a thrilling match. But unfortunately, TAA um, gets a knock, twists his ankle really badly. He might be out for two to three weeks. And there's no better time to move him down and free up some cash because you want to grab somebody else who's firing in the midfield. Yeah, and TAA's injury comes at a really concerning time for Liverpool. They are just struggling to stay even close to the top half of the table, let alone competing for the Premier League title. And two to three weeks means three to five game weeks in this condensed period of the FPL calendar. So that could be really killer. Uh, if you recently transferred him in, you're going to need to burn a transfer to get him out. And it's going to be really disaster class for Liverpool. Yeah. I mean, on top of that, they are already down on the left side with Robbo still working his way back to fitness. So 
you're basically without two of your top attacking fullbacks and really mainstays in that Liverpool side over the last four years. So they're, they're in some trouble and that really has been amplified even more by the fact that Mo Salah had one of his most ghost worthy matches I've ever seen him play. Just watching the 15 minute highlight track. I didn't even know he played that he featured in this match. One of the first times ever that I watched a whole highlight reel and didn't see him do anything. He had one shot and one touch in the penalty box and was ripped off at the 70 minute mark when it was two to two. So, wow. It was shocking. The, that was shocking. And I, he had two points, but he is the super premium of super premium player. And the fact that he was completely not involved, let's just say that probably Liverpool should have gotten a penalty kick and that would have saved his goose that would have that would have given him a return. Uh, if they got the penalty kick, he would have taken it. He probably would have buried it. But nothing is going right for Mo Salah, and it's fair to say that the king is not wearing clothes right now. The Egyptian king is buck naked. Both him and Son, who shared the golden boot last year, are now in a position where they've just been super disappointing and we want to move funds elsewhere. And in this perma cap situation we have with Holland, there's a really good reason to maybe divest and go with one premium and spread the cash around so you can get, you know, Jesus up top, maybe a cane or if you're not, I mean, Kane's kind of Kane's still a premium, but you could definitely split that money from Mo and Pereira and move that to two really attacking mids. And so that's something I think that a lot of people on wildcard around game week 12 or 13 will start to look at. For sure. I just want to share one fun nugget from the great big man, Bakar. He's a must follow on Twitter. If you are serious about FPL, he shared that in eight games. So this was before Forrest took on Villa in eight games. Liverpool have conceded the same amount of big chances as Forrest. And we've been just kicking dirt. We've been burying Forrest's defense as the worst in the league all season. It is high time for us to say that Liverpool are frauds in defense. They concede first almost every game, and they simply stink. It's not worth watching. I mean, TAA is not a defender, so he can't be fully at fault. Virgil's lost a step, and this whole defense is in total shambles. Very interesting to see what they can do, and hopefully they'll make a push later in the season for top four and make things really interesting, but very surprising to see them at this point in the table. Um, Elsewhere, let's also talk about a number of one-pointers across the board from popular FPL assets. I know that when we look at your team, look at my team, there's a few of those. So the uh, the whodunits this week for one-pointers include James Madison, Perisic, who didn't start, we saw Doc and Sess both start and get clean sheets in that match. And then Reese James misses a clean sheet. That should have been an easy six to 12 pointer for him. So that was disappointing to see as well. Um, Extremely frustrating, extremely, extremely frustrating. Perisic and Reese James layups to get at least six points. And the fact that they're on the bench getting one pointers, that's like, uh, you know, twisting the knife a little bit. James Madison, just a uh, no-show of a game, and he gets a yellow card to make matters worse. But uh, I think Leicester have had a lot of those performances. So if you got his 18 points last game week, you can't complain too much. But if you just brought him in and he gets you one point, holy smokes, you are going to be pretty upset (laughs) and uh, throwing things at the screen, let alone at Brendan Rodgers' head uh, when he pops up on the telecast. Yeah, fortunately, they have some good fixtures coming up. They play... Crystal Palace at home, Leeds at home, and Wolves away in the next three. So he will be getting you more points, more goals and assists coming up. Just want to double touch on Reese James. I know he passes the eye test every time we see him on the pitch, but in FPL this season, he's been very disappointing. There have been no booms, no boom booms, Bucks. We're looking at three seven-point hauls and then four or five zero one or two pointers this season so hopefully there'll be better days ahead for reese james because at six million he's the only chelsea player in our sides and we want those goals that he's scoring in champions league to come during the weekend in the premier league hey don't kick dust on my boy cucarella just yet let's go to the training room this was a really important 
game week where we need to review who's fit and who's out. Bamford gets the start. He's fully back. That is great news if you're a lead supporter or if you're looking to switch it up and go differential at the forward spot. DCL came on for a cameo. He's probably still two weeks away, if I had to guess. Uh, He wasn't running great. Um, And, you know, if you get 20 minutes, that's not a sign that you're anywhere close to being fully fit, let alone in a game where they need to come back. So it was kind of desperation times. Harry Kane gets a small knock. I would monitor that situation. Spurs have Champions League footy this week in the midweek. So we'll know uh, by Thursday what his deal is. And then we mentioned TA earlier. He's going to miss time. Luis Diaz is the real loss. And yeah, that looked brutal. He's been arguably the best player for Liverpool this season. He goes down with a knee injury. He's out six to eight weeks. He's going to be gone until at least the start of the World Cup. And I hope for his sake and for the Colombian national team's sake that he is fully fit and able to go in Qatar. Yeah, that's a really painful injury for him. And when you look at their evolving and revolving assets in the front line, whether it's Nunez, Firmino has come in and looked good, but there's no continuity right now. Whereas last season, you just knew who the front three were and they were putting up big results every week between Mane, Jota, and Salah. And this season, Klopp hasn't found the right purse strings to snatch at to really get the offense firing. Yeah, the alchemy is all out of sorts at Anfield. Last one is Anthony Martial. He's someone that, Brian, you actually steered me off, uh, potentially considering as a differential move last game week. He comes on. I thought he looked pretty good, but then he comes off with another injury. This guy cannot buy a break right now. He has so much talent, but the injury bug just regularly bites him at the worst moments. So very frustrating for him. No update on his timetable. Yeah, that means CR7 is going to play a lot more minutes and most likely uh, Rashford will as well. So Rashford's probably the better asset at this point in time at that kind of 6.5 million mark. But the midfield is looking to be very crowded at the moment with talents everywhere. So, all right, Bucks, let's take a quick break and we will jump into the matches to target for game week 11 and where we're going to get our bread and butter FPL points. We'll be right back. We're back. Let's look ahead to game week 11. There are a few matches that have unbalanced fixtures, and therefore we should be targeting those for FPL returns. This is going to be another fantastic schedule of fixtures uh, for this coming weekend. I cannot wait. I'm trying to organize a meetup here in New York City. So if you are local and you are a listener to the FPL Blues podcast, hit us up on social media. We'd love to meet you in person. Yeah, let's take a look. Starting on Friday, we have Brentford hosting Brighton. Brentford have been very lackluster in defense recently and been giving up three to four goals on a consistent basis. So Trossard is a player that's firmly on both of our watch lists. He will play uh, Brentford and then have NFO at home, which is the best fixture in all of fantasy. So he's really a top He's a top candidate to potentially bring in this week. Um, And it's always fun to have a player in that Friday match. I'll be carrying Ivan Tony, who I think can score and get anywhere from five to nine points versus Brighton. Next up, Palace at Leicester. We have two of the most popular midfielders in FPL with Zaha at around 20% owned for Palace playing James Madison. So I'm hoping for a goal fest, maybe like a, a, three to two shootout bucks. So we get lots of FPL points from these two guys. I'm not sure what the outcome is going to be, but I definitely think it should be at least two to two. Both teams having worse seasons than I would have expected. And uh, yeah, struggling to get points on the table right now, moving right along Everton go to Spurs. That should be an easy Spurs win, but nothing comes easy with the way Antonio Conte is playing credit to flank stake, Frank Lampard. Because he has the boys (laughs) in blue in Everton playing really, really hard. And I'm very impressed with the way that they have been defending specifically. Uh, It's a ragtag bunch and they're doing pretty well, all things considered. So uh, I do think Spurs get the W there. Yeah, I think Spurs will get a 
two to zero victory there. Spurs defense has looked really solid, but their attack has been pretty um, undesirable at this point in time. But we still see Harry Kane ticking along like a grandfather clock. Um, <laughs> I didn't know where and- you were going there. <laughs> and I just I just wanted to shout out that Everton was really pressing for that equalizer versus Manchester United. And the team believes and believed that they could. Uh, obviously, they fell short, but I was impressed with the last like 20 minutes, really put the pressure on uh, DCL. If he can get back to fitness, will be an aerial threat. And that could be somebody else that we look at for mid priced FPL forwards. Yeah, one thing, Anthony Gordon will not feature in this game. He wins the race to five yellow cards. He's the first player to earn a one-match ban. Ooh, second player. Going to correct you. Second player, Paulinho on Fulham was the number one aggressor. All right, he's the first fantasy-relevant player. Let me take that (laughs) back. Uh, So he's going to miss out. So Everton are going to be even more hamstrung against Spurs. Never good. Last match to target is Arsenal at Leeds. Don't know really what's up with Leeds right now. They can't catch a break. They're looking a little more solid in defense with the return of Cooper, uh, but the goals have dried up. So that's really frustrating. And Arsenal are a buzzsaw right now. So I expect Arsenal to get 3-0 without really even breaking a sweat. Low-key match that could have FPL points in is West Ham traveling to play at Southampton. West Ham seem to be rounding into form a bit. Uh, Skamaka is somebody we'll talk a bit about a bit later and then Bowen also uh, in the goals lately. So that one is a differential game. If you have any of those assets. Yeah. The matches of the game week though, are pretty set in stone. Oh baby. I cannot wait to watch both of these bucks. These are going to be fantastic for all FPL and just regular footy fans. Yeah. These are going to be great pure watches and probably for FPL too. man city travel to Anfield to play against Liverpool Man City are going to run riot and Newcastle travel to Old Trafford to play against Man United. And I think that might actually be the more compelling game uh, from a pure watch perspective because Liverpool just suck right now. (laughs) Yeah, I expect a 3-1 victory for City in this one. Definitely expecting Holland cap again, even though they're facing Liverpool his XG was so high in their Community Shield matchup, which was his first at a really high level for City. And given his standard right now, I expect him to score easily versus this Liverpool uh, dilapidated defense. Do you agree there, Bucks? Yeah, I think 4-1 uh, might even be flattering. I can't see Liverpool keeping uh, the goals out for City. They're just so, so hot and heavy right now in attack that, They have so many options that Liverpool just have so few defenders. It's a bad matchup and a bad time for them. Let's take a look ahead to game week 12 when both Arsenal and City blank. Now, this is obviously a key topic for anybody who has their wild card, who doesn't have their wild card. So, Bucks, I think given the state of the game where you could have, like both of us do, Cancelo, Holland, and Martinelli, I'm happy to bench all those three players and kind of trot out 10 or 11 guys, including a few bench guys, and just chalk up the fact that, hey, a lot of players get one or two points and blank every weekend. If you got Nico Williams coming in for one point, you just take it for face value and just keep it moving rather than spend transfers or extra hits on those bench guys. Referencing... Blank game week 12 is really important because it's not only a blank game week where Arsenal and City, the two best teams, and therefore the two best teams for FPL don't have fixtures, but it's also a midweek fixture. So I'm expecting absolute chaos. There's going to be tons of rotation, not just for the teams that have European competition, but also for all the teams. I mean, teams like Wolves, teams like Southampton with smaller depth charts, they're also going to be struggling to figure out how to get three quality games in in the course of one week. So uh, it's going to be brutal. I think having 10 quality players that you assume are nailed is enough. And I'm even going further. I currently have six City and Arsenal players combined. I'm going to have my whole bench be four players, Ramsdale, Martinelli, Holland, and Cancelo. It doesn't matter. I mean, if you're coming off the bench, if you have more more guys than that, you're sending good money out for bad uh, by selling your Arsenal and City players. So uh, that's something really important 
to monitor and to plan for right now, as we're now officially just two game weeks before that really comes to pass. Yeah, especially looking at last season where we had all these blank game weeks from COVID cancellations and all the rest. There were so many times that we just trotted out eight or nine players and it was fine, right? Not every member of your starting 11 is going to deliver points. And so don't waste transfer hits to beef up your Nico Williamses. Just trot him out there. Maybe he gets a mysterious haul of some sort, but if he gets one point, that's fine. And just keep it moving and focus your transfers on players who are impactful and are heavy hitting in form. And the reason we want to bring this up is because as we look at our watch list, this is going to be the first game week in a long time where captaincy is going to have crazy variants and there's going to be a lot of fun options and selections across the FPL community. I mean, we mentioned Jared Bowen, we mentioned Trossard, Zaha, Madison. I think all four of those guys are options, but the list is long and filled with intriguing players that you can punt on and take a one week gamble that, you know, maybe they're the top scoring guy in blank game week 12. Bucks, it's crazy that we're not all just moving to Kane or Son or Asala in that game week when both Arsenal and City blank. Instead, like I'm even weighing up a move to go from KDB to Trossard as my game week 12 captain over the likes of Son or over the likes of um, of Sala versus West Ham. So it's a crazy state that we're in. And I think the variance is what proves to be the most fun, um, especially since Holland has been the overwhelming perma cap this whole season. So we're going to see a lot of lopsided scores, I think, from captain fails to captain successes. I agree. And uh, I think that KDB Trossard move makes a lot of sense. So, uh, I was shouting that out on Twitter earlier this week. All right. We're going to take a quick break and come back with our community question. So we'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners and Twitter followers, thank you. This was an amazing game week for questions. We got a ton of good ones and we're shouting them out here on the podcast live in full color, starting with a question from our former guest host, FPL Black Wolf, the legend. Who are the best Mitrovic replacements if he isn't in fact fit for game week 11? And then adding to that, we've also had a few questions asking who is a Martial Tony Gloves replacement as well. Yeah, that's right. Siobhan Ahuja asks about Tony Gloves specifically. And on their watch list is Obama Yang, Welbeck, and Darwin Nunez. Let's see if we can uh, rattle off some info on those three guys and maybe some others that aren't quite on Siobhan's radar. Yeah, FPL Black Wolf, I would say from a Mitrovic perspective, both Bucks and I own him as well. He's playing Bournemouth, and that's a great fixture for him. Marco Silva did say that he should be fit for game week 11, and so I would definitely be holding him. Um, although it's not a layup playing Bournemouth defense, they're still one of the least talented sides in the league and somebody that you could see Mitro bullying if he is fit to start. So I would hold him and focus your transfers elsewhere. But Tony Glove, Tony Gloves needs to be replaced. So, um, you know, I would shy away from the likes of Aubameyang because he hasn't actually gotten that many touches and he's not nailed. And uh, Welbeck, not really good finisher he gets in the right spots but is a terrible finisher so i think trossard's the only option from brighton but when we're looking at the other options such as darwin nunez skamaka wilson maybe even bobby chompers with the news that uh luis diaz is going to be out and the way he's played this season i mean nine out of ten dentists approve of bobby chompers in the starting lineup he is getting <laughs> all the fpl points he's gobbling them up with his golden uh teeth so who do you like best out of these forwards well, I think Darwin is the obvious answer. He has the highest upside and explosive potential. Uh, however, I think Skamaka or Wilson are the guys I would go for. They're easier to stomach from a budget perspective because Tony Gloves is so cheap. So the fact that Cal Wilson, they have a lot of goals in them and he's on penalties. So yum, yum. You love that. And in game week 12, they play against Everton. So I think 
That is a great fixture. You need to be thinking about game week 12. So Callum Wilson would be probably my first choice. And then I think Skamaka would be my second choice. Also cheap. He's now probably the preferred number one option ahead of Mikel Antonio. He got a goal and three bonus in their most recent match. He's playing really nicely with Bowen. Uh, I love what I'm seeing. And the fact that they have Liverpool in 12, that's a great fixture from an offensive perspective. Yeah, you know that Liverpool is still going to have the pride and attack in that one. So there will be counterattacking opportunities. And Skamaka is carrying the torch from Antonio. Antonio is now going to be rooted to the bench. He'll play in the Europa uh, Conference Championship, whatever league that they're in midweek. And this Skamaka guy, I mean, he's 23, year old, 23 years old. He's the Italian Ferrari of this West Ham side. And he can really do it all. He scored in four out of five matches for West Ham in all competitions. So again, rounding into form just when Bowen in as well. So he's, he's somebody I would definitely be interested in. And he's just, he's an absolute unit of a, of a man. He's kind of like an Italian rock star. He has all those tattoos, pretty good looking guy. Uh, you mentioned Ferrari. I could see him being in like a funny Italian rock band music video where he's just naked with like naked women all over him he's just like oh my screaming goodness, it Bucks. he's 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 the man and he's taken over from Mikel antonio at west ham david Moyes loves him i love watching him and you might love him too if you captain him in game week 12 i mean that's a little bit too bold but this picture that you just painted us uh leo da vinci is rolling in his grave um for you uh talking about uh these lady pyramids that skamaka has i could see him in the rock band though like next to ederson jamming out like just yelling skamaka maka maka mania or something yeah, crazy that, like that you have to have like five <laughs> tattoos on your face and neck to be in that band keeping it moving nisarg shah from twitter asks for those managers who have yet to use their wildcard chip what's the plan when are we using it Bucks, I'll bounce this one right back to you. You obviously still have your first wild card chip. It's going to be probably game week 12 or 13, right? Because we're going to have the break for World Cup after game week 16, and then we'll have unlimited transfers before game week 17. So I know you're itching to pull the trigger. Uh, what, what's your plan? Yeah, I'm all set on game week 13. I really like the opportunity to keep all of my Arsenal and Man City assets for one more game week in game week 11. And I don't really want a wild card without having those guys back in my team. So I figure if I can keep four of them, I can then bring back Foden and the preferred uh, Arsenal guys. I also don't have Saka. I really want to have both those guys in my game week 13 side. So that's why I've decided to wildcard in 13 as opposed to 12. The other option is game week 16. And that's basically making a free hit of your first wildcard. I don't really rate that. I think the wildcard tends to be the most powerful chip. So you got to use it and have a little bit of runway to exploit your new team and all the horses you're now betting on. Uh, so for me, game week 13 is the sweet spot. But it really depends on your team, Nisarg. So I think 12, 13, or 16, all good options. Yeah, and feel free to shoot us over your wildcard drafts when you do enable the chip. We're always happy to review and add some of our input and hopefully help you find a few gems around the edges that move you up the ranks from your wildcard. Next question, we have Nick Hazi. He asks, what is the best Manchester City trio to own? Bucks, the first one is easy. Obviously, you have to own Holland. I can't believe he's not at 100% ownership, but that's just based on a few of the uh, bots and the dead accounts of people who have already given up from an FPL perspective. But after that, it gets a little bit more interesting. I've even heard some people go for the triple up in attack. But after this recent Cancelo masterpiece, 18-pointer, I feel like he's got to be the second asset in your side from a City perspective, right? I Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. I think it's pretty straightforward. At this point, it's Holland, Cancelo, and Foden has usurped KDB because the budget savings allowed the rest of your team to just level up. So I really like what Foden is doing. He's nailed. He is the first choice. Um, you know, he's not the first name in the team sheet, but he's the first name on the wing uh, for Pep. So really like what I'm seeing there. And I think that's a layup in game week 13, that that is the trio you should have for FPL. Yeah, like I said before, Foden is taking shots 
in the game and also creating chances. Whereas the likes of KDB, he's not taking enough shots to warrant that heavy 12.5 price tag that he's now risen to or just thereabouts. So those are the top three. I agree with you there, Bucks. But, you know, if you have KDB and you've gotten some price rises, you'll take that all the way to the bank. Next question comes from Sonia Kukler. She asks, and I should shout out, she's in Colombia right now. So, uh, Luis Diaz, if you need an Airbnb in Colombia, Sonia could be your lady. She's asking <laughs> who the better combo is, Foden and Kane or KDB and a cheaper forward. I think we touched on this, but let's just hammer it again, Brian. Yeah, I love the nailedness of Kane, and obviously he's trickling along points. Foden is now the number one midfielder from a points perspective. He has 55, so it's got to be Kane and Foden for me at this time. The only other thing I would think about is maybe even having a cheap kind of enabling striker and spreading KDB and Pereira into two attacking talisman-like midfielders. Yeah, I rate that. I think for me, my plan is going to be to have Foden and maybe Trossard or Zaha uh, instead of KDB and Pereira uh, once I'm on wildcard. Great questions, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. You can find us on social media. We're at FPL Blues Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We're always up to discuss some FPL, let alone some Premier League, let alone just banter about footy. Uh, We're addicted. All right, now it's time for... Transfer talk and captaincy shouts. Bucks, you got two free transfers. I can see them burning a hole in those Nike Jordan basketball shorts you're rocking. What is the plan? All right. I've been super patient. I can't believe that I've only taken one hit on the season and I rolled my transfer successfully once again. So that's awesome. I have two free. The plan is to use one this game week and roll the other one because I really want to navigate the blank game week without sacrificing my city and Arsenal triple up on both. And because I'm going to be going into wildcard in game week 13, I might even consider taking a hit uh, using three transfers in blank game week 12 uh, to kind of maximize the points potential. So right now the move I am eyeing up is bye-bye James Madison. You've done a great shift for my team and I'm looking to transition and bring in Leandro Trossard from Brighton. I really like what I'm seeing from Brighton. The advanced stats are really flattering to Trossard when it comes to comparison with Madison. Madison advanced stats hate this season. So I'm just, I got the 18 points. I'm going to take him and run. That is likely my transfer move. I do not like this move at all. I do not rate this at all. What are you thinking, Bucks? Are you still on those meds you said you were off of from your wisdom teeth being pulled out of your skull? This is a terrible move. I do do not agree with this. So tell me why when you have a team with Cucurella, you got uh, Perisic, you got some of these scrubby defenders on your team, you're going to move James Madison, who's one of the uh, best options in midfield. And you're also going to be moving uh, away and betting against the transfers in going with Trossard instead. The reason is, is because I do not want to waste any defender transfers. And Cucurella seems like he is set to start under Potter. And he proved that against Wolves. And Perisic, I expect to come back and start as well for Conte against Everton. I definitely don't want to move out Perisic before what I expect will be a relatively straightforward clean sheet. So I'm just going to ride my five at the back, my big at the back, my defense first FPL team all the way to my game week 13 wild card. I have to sacrifice someone and James Madison, it's just not predictable. So I want to have Trossard for sure in game week 12. There is a possibility that I just bring James Madison back when I sacrifice KDB. But again, I don't have value built up in him. So that just makes the decision easy for me. I'm going to wait to make the move, but uh, Madison to Trossard is looking like the layup move for my FPL team. Yeah, interesting. I was going to say if there's any temptation to possibly move Mitrovic on, um, obviously we're still waiting to hear if he is going to be fit for the weekend. So that might be another possible transfer that you could do um, if he's not going to be fit, right? It is a move, but I'm I'm a little tight on cash. So I need to be maintaining the players that I have 
that have a fixture in game week 12. So that's all coming into play. Uh, I need to be planning for that blank game week 12 fixture, and I'm not willing to sacrifice my triple up on City or Arsenal at the time being. So that's why I'm going to roll or plan to roll one free transfer uh, ahead so that I have two to address and move off KDB as well as Gabriel Jesus, in addition to probably one more guy uh, where I take a hit for blank game week 12. Enough about me. What's your plan, Brian? Oh, I was just asking lots more questions about yours because I am standing pat. <laughs> I am, I am, I'm rolling this week. Uh, no, no glaring moves to make. If I were to do something, yeah, I might move Mitro to Skamaka um, just as a couple week punt, but I don't need to make any moves. What I need to focus on is getting out 10 or 11 men in game week 12 because I have used my wild card. Um, I, I was thinking a couple weeks ago about KDB to Sun if Sun had continued his form. Um, that's still kind of looming in the back of my mind, but after seeing um, Liverpool give up more and more goals, there's no reason to move out KDB and he'll either get one assist or a, a goal or something and be on six to nine points. So I'm just going to stand pat there. Um, I'm, I'm actually optimistic about KDB. He is a big game player. He turned up in a lot of the matches against the top six teams last season. So yeah, we've been seeing the praise of Foden, but one last hurrah if you are a KDB owner. Yeah. I mean, if you're a KDB owner, you, you simply hold. Um, I think that especially looking at the gameplay, like they just dominated possession versus Southampton and there are very few corners. I could really see there being a, a few more set piece uh, threats and fouls kind of in the final third that KDB can maximize versus Liverpool, given that they're going to have their second team defenders out there. Agreed. Let's go to captaincy. I'm on the late, the great, the Norwegian, Erling Holland. Always reliable, and I expect he's going to have a brace against Liverpool. I can't believe that they kept him on till the 90th minute in this absolute rout versus Southampton. They want to get him a brace every single match. He should have had one in the in the previous game. Five total shots, one off the post. There's no reason why you don't captain him versus this weakened side from a Liverpool's perspective. It is going to be a big game, though. It's at Anfield, and I can see the pride of the team really showing through and Klopp getting his team motivated, but they don't have the horses for this race, and we're expecting three-plus goals from City, especially after watching Arsenal put up three. Agreed, and I think Arsenal and City uh, roll on once again uh, going into the blank game week. They are alone at the top right now. It is a great season, lots to play for in the FPL game. Thank you, as always, for listening. Again, we're at FPL Blues Podcast. Brian is at Chin Nation. I'm at Bucksapalooza. We love that you're listening. We love that you're getting involved with community questions. Thank you, thank you, and green arrows to all. That's right, Bucks. Let's get it heading into game week 11, and then we're just an episode or two away from your wild card. Can't wait for all of those bad decisions that you might try to make. Yeah, I'm tingling. I'm not sure if it's the meds or the tinker, uh, the tinker <laughs> temptation. Catch you next episode.